You're joining us for another episode of College Talks brought to you by MyBookCart.com. This series brings together students, parents, and professionals sharing their voices on a variety of college topics. It's all about students finding the information they need for a successful college experience. Welcome to College Talks with your hosts, Hannah and Carrie. Our topic for today is continuing education. For this episode, we have our newest guest, Brandy. Hi, Brandy, and welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your educational and professional background? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am currently an attorney, so I graduated undergrad with a pre-law history double major and then went on to law school. I did law school full-time, completed it in three years took the bar exam, became licensed, and then now I'm actually working in academia, but um, I am technically an attorney. What was your undergraduate degree? I was a pre-law history double major. So my university offered a full pre-law program that they'd actually created with input from the law schools in our state. I live in Ohio. So I was able to complete that and get a really nice kind of precursor to what to expect from law school and just a, a good overview of what I was getting into. And then the history major was just for fun. (laughs) Why did you decide to go to law school? Oh, I probably blame Legally Blonde for that. I've wanted to be a lawyer ever since I can remember. Parents said I started talking about it when I was pretty young. And the older I got, the more I learned about the profession, the more it seemed to fit my personality and my educational goals. I've always, always loved learning and it just seemed to to make sense for me. I tend to be a little hard-headed and I like to argue. So the law was a pretty natural fit. Oh, that's perfect. How did you pay for law school? So I was lucky enough to attain a full tuition scholarship based on my LSAT score and my GPA and resume in my admission packet. So I was very, very blessed to make it through law school with no loans. Oh, that's awesome. It was great. (laughs) What was the hardest part of getting into law school? By far the LSAT. It's just a monster. And everyone who's taken it understands that everyone getting ready to take it. My best advice is just you know, get it done. It's a a short period of your life and then it's over and you never have to think about it again. What was the process for getting into law school and what are the requirements? It varies a little bit by school, but the general packet that you're going to need to turn in is you have to have an LSAT score and there's no real minimum or maximum. It all kind of depends on the school you're applying to and what their range of scores is. And then you have to have an undergraduate degree, a full bachelor's, and they'll look at your GPA in consideration as well. So a high GPA is a good idea. And then you usually will have to turn in a number of letters of recommendation. Uh, That varies by school. I believe the school I ended up attending, I think, required three. So I got three of my college professors to write me a letter of recommendation. You turn in a resume and transcript like I'm probably forgetting something, but it was a while ago. Um, but that's that's the general gist of it. And probably the two most important things anywhere are going to be that LSAT score and your GPA in undergrad. How hard were the LSATs? And can you give any advice on preparing for them? Oh, they're hard. It's not really a test that what you do on the LSAT isn't what you're going to be doing in law school necessarily. It's logic games and analytical reasoning, stuff like that. So I remember the first couple times I opened up an LSAT prep book, I was looking at it like, what on earth does this have to do with law school? So that was just a hard thing to kind of come to an understanding 
over in my own head. But then, you know, doing some research, I figured out that the skills that make you successful on the LSAT are going to then make you a successful law student. You know, you're not reading cases yet during the LSAT process. So I studied for it on my own. Uh, I got a series of prep books and basically attributed an hour a day to studying for the LSAT for three to four months. And then as it got closer, I obviously started dedicating a little more time to it. One of the things I found the most helpful and I always recommend to people preparing for the LSAT is to take full time to practice tests. Not only does it give you a really good understanding of the test and what you're going to have to do on test day, it builds up your your endurance to get through the full test without getting tired. And when you get tired, you start to get lazy on the questions and that can pull your score down. And it also gives you a really good idea of what your score is looking like and where your weak points are and what you need to work on to get the score that you want. So that's that's always my biggest piece of advice. You mentioned that the LSATs are scored. Is there a pass or fail? And if you don't do well, can you retake them? What do you consider a good score? It's not pass or fail. Uh, they just give you a scaled score. A good score is so dependent on where you want to go to law school. If you're wanting to go Ivy League, you're going to have to have a very high score. If you're wanting to go to, you know, your local state school that has a law school, you're probably going to be able to get by with more of a median range. So my best advice for that is to look at the schools that are on your target list, figure out what LSAT scores have been admitted there over the last few years, and then that becomes your target. So there's really, there's no clean number to give. It's very dependent on which school. If you're not happy with your score, you can retake the LSAT multiple times. It's been so long now, I can't remember exactly how many times that you are allowed to take it, but you can take it multiple times and pull your score up over time. How many years were you in law school? Three years total. Did you need to do a dissertation? And if you did, what was it about? Uh, No, dissertations aren't really a part of law school. The way law school is formatted is the first year curriculum. We call you're called a 1L when you're in your first year of law school. So that year, everyone around the country going to an ABA, which is the American Bar Association accredited law school, is going to essentially take the same classes. So it creates a very uniform learning experience for lawyers all around the country. Second and third year, you can kind of spend a little more time in the areas you find the most interesting. For me, I was a criminal law person, so I took a lot more criminal law classes in my second and third year. And I did end up taking a few seminar classes in criminal law and was able to kind of do some some extra stuff there. But you don't have to do a dissertation and you don't even have to necessarily specialize in anything. Everyone is going to graduate with a Juris Doctor degree. It's a very generalized thing. I did get a concentration in criminal law, but that was purely my own choice. So it's it's a different, law school is a very different format than some other continuing education degrees. At what point in your education did you take the bar exam? So you take the bar exam after you have fully graduated from law school. So generally you'll graduate from law school. The, the large majority of students will graduate in May and then we'll take a July bar exam in whichever state that you're planning to become licensed. There is also a February bar exam. And so some people, if they're retaking or if they're taking an additional state, they'll take it in February. Or for people who've graduated in December, a lot of times those are students who've taken night classes. Um, They can take that February bar exam. So February or July is when you take the bar exam, and it's always going to be after you have fully graduated with a Juris Doctor degree. What advice can you give on passing the bar exam? (sighs) Work harder than you've ever worked before. (laughs) It is 
by far the hardest thing I've ever done. Sometimes I look back and I'm not really 100% sure how I fit that much law in my brain for that period of time. You know, you just work hard, get it done, get it over with, and then you can move on into your career. Again, just kind of a period of your life where you have to work hard and then it's over and done. You mentioned that you can take the bar exam in different states. Is there a national exam that you can take? Sort of, yes. Uh, There's something called the Uniform Bar Exam, which has been accepted in a number of states. I can't remember the exact number. A fairly large amount of states have now adopted the Uniform Bar Exam. So that's something that's going to be tested on multi-state law, and you'll be able to more easily transition into another state to start practicing. So if you took the bar exam, say in So Ohio just adopted the uniform bar exam. So if you take the uniform bar exam in Ohio, you can transfer that score to another uniform bar exam state. However, you are going to have to take usually an additional smaller portion of the test that is on state law. So there are usually something a little bit beyond that, but the uniform bar exam does make it a lot easier to transfer your practice to different states. Otherwise, if you just take the state's specific bar exam, generally when you decide to start practicing in another state, you're going to have to take their bar exam. So it's a little more difficult to transition. Wow, that seems like a lot of work. It, it is. <laughs> Besides graduating law school and passing the bar exam, is there anything else you need to do in order to start practicing law? You have to pass a pretty rigorous character and fitness process. So because lawyers have a job of such importance and they are holding people's freedom and occasionally even their life in their hands and their ability to practice law, especially more in the criminal law space, you really want people who are going to be able to just be honest, be good, and do that work really, really well. So they do put us through a pretty rigorous character and fitness. I had to tell them, you know, everywhere I've lived, you have to give them every speeding ticket or any sort of run-ins with the law that you've had over your life. Uh, You have to admit any credit issues you have. Just you really kind of have to give them a pretty strong overview of your life for them to be able to look through and make sure that you are fit for the practice of law and you're going to be a quality attorney. So it includes an interview, or at least in Ohio where I did it, I did include an interview with with local attorneys to kind of just get a feel for you. So pretty rigorous process. Additionally, you have to take what's called the MPRE, which is the Multi-State Professional Responsibility Exam. So this exam tests legal ethics. So this is the ethics that attorneys must live and work by. This is the lawyer-client confidentiality rules and that kind of stuff. So every attorney must pass that with a certain score, which varies by state what score you have to attain. But that's, again, to make sure that people are fit and going to be ethical attorneys. Where are you practicing law now and what is your specialty? So I am licensed in Ohio And I'm actually not practicing at the moment. I ended up getting a job at my university to work on behalf of my law school, which was something I realized I enjoyed. During law school, I did a a short work period with my law school admissions office, and I really, really enjoyed that almost as much as I enjoyed working in the prosecutor's office for my internship. So I allowed myself to be open to kind of that more academic side of jobs you can get with a law degree. So that's where I'm working right now. If I were to practice, it would for sure be criminal law. Do you have any other advice for students looking to pursue a law degree? I would just say, make sure that it's something you're very sure of before you go after it. Law school is not for the faint of heart. It's very, very hard. It's very challenging. 
it can be very, very expensive. And you just want to make sure that this is really something you're serious about and you absolutely think you want to pursue a career in before you basically jump through all the hoops and put your life on hold for three to four years uh, to be able to get through that process. So I always suggest to people go shadow an attorney or maybe try to find an internship with a law firm or a court near you just to make sure that this is something that you really feel passionate about and that you think you want to make your career out of. It's just not a decision you should take lightly. Do you think the benefits of going to law school outweigh the cost? I do personally, but I think that's something that's, it's going to vary by person. So some law schools are way more expensive than others. Some law schools offer a lot more financial aid than others. So you can get through law school without incurring as much debt. Something I think people need to be really cognizant of is understanding what their end career goal is and what their end goal salary is going to be and making sure that you don't incur a level of debt that you're not easily going to be able to pay off. So for example, if you want to end up in public interest law and doing maybe criminal law, for example, A lot of times those jobs don't pay as much as the civil law jobs or corporate law jobs. If you're going to do that, you want to just make sure that the debt you incur going to law school is something that you can pay off. So it might be smarter to go to a law school that's a little less expensive if you're wanting to end up working in public interest so that your debt is lower. So for me personally, the benefits of going to law school for sure outweighed the costs and the the mental anguish and everything that goes along with it. But I know that there are some people who would answer that differently. I would just caution people to make sure that they kind of look at the cost benefit analysis before going. Now, let's get personal. (laughs) Tell us about your high school sweetheart. Uh, Well, today is actually my fourth wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. So I met my husband. Uh, We went to school together starting in fifth grade when I moved to Ohio. I actually grew up in Pennsylvania before moving out here. We didn't start dating until our sophomore year of high school. Uh, We had a communications class together and we just kind of started chatting and ended up going on a date. Uh, We went to the movies and then uh, we've We've been together ever since. He was so supportive of all of the dreams that I had. You know, he worked and supported us and our little family while I was in law school so that I could pursue that dream. So I'm I'm very, very lucky. He's a great guy. And I found him pretty young. <laughs> oh, that's such a nice life story. What are some of your hobbies and interests when you are not working? I am a lifelong equestrian. Uh, my parents are actually professional horse trainers. So I basically like grew up in the barn on the back of a horse. So that is my biggest and most favorite hobby. I get back to ride my horse whenever I can. And we actually recently bought a farm that we're slowly adding some pasture and barn to be able to have horses at our home as well. So that is absolutely my favorite thing to do. But when I'm not doing that, uh, my blog is kind of my hobby. That's why I started it going into law school so that I'd have something fun to do in my spare time. I love reading. I love traveling. I like baking. I did a lot of stress baking during law school. <laughs> it was one way to kind of get through all the all the craziness with some fresh baked cookies. Where did you grow up? So I lived outside of Reading, Pennsylvania on an 80-acre horse farm until I was in fifth grade. And then we moved to Finley, Ohio. And I grew up, obviously spent a lot of my life there as well. We had a 23-acre horse farm. So I take it you're still in a small town? I'm not so much anymore. To go to law school, I moved to Toledo, Ohio. 
that's where I went to law school. And then I've stayed there since. And my husband has a good job up here. So we've kind of adopted Toledo as our new home. That's great. Why did you decide to start writing your blog, The Legal Duchess? I just kind of needed an outlet. I had just gotten married. I got married right before starting law school. I moved to a new city. I you know, was away from my friends and my family for the first time ever. And I just kind of needed something to funnel some of my spare time and spare energy into. And I had looked all over the internet and tried to find blogs and information about law school written by law students. You know, I didn't want to hear the professor or the admissions counselor's point of view. I wanted to hear from students. And I found a few, but only a few. And I decided that, you know, there needs to be more information out there. And, you know, I'm looking for this information. Other people are going to be looking for this information. So I have the time, I have the energy. Why not just do it? So that's kind of why I got started. And then I just really, really enjoyed it the longer I did it. it I, I've always loved writing. It was just a fun little creative outlet. And then I also just loved being able to help other people through this process and be able to share my experience and let them learn from my mistakes a little bit. It was just really fulfilling. You said that you're working for your school. Have you had a case yet? And have you been in court? So I'm not I'm not practicing as an attorney. I'm working actually in development. I'm not really doing any traditional lawyer things right now. I'm just working with alumni and kind of helping to keep everyone connected to the school and using my legal education to be able to understand lawyers better and, you know, help my school to, to prosper through that. So not currently practicing, but I did, um, I worked an internship in the local prosecutor's office as well as for a judge while I was in law school. So I did spend a lot of time in the courtroom throughout my legal education. After going to school and doing your internships, do you believe being a lawyer is like what you see on TV? No. (laughs) You know, like most things, TV tends to embellish a lot. There are some aspects that do hold some similarities, but everything in the law moves a lot slower than it's shown on TV. I mean, cases last for months and years, not a one-hour episode of whatever. So it's just a much slower process. And, you know, most things don't go to trial. Most cases settle out of court. So the idea that you're going to spend every day of your life as an attorney in the courtroom, you know, talking to the jury and conducting a trial is just very unrealistic. It's a part of it for sure, but it's not it's not the large majority. Well, thank you, Brandy, for coming on our show and offering all this valuable insight on law school and continuing education. We love hearing a recent grad's perspective on how to succeed in school. We are all about students helping students. We hope you will join us again for another episode. Thank you so much for having me. Here's to another successful episode of College Talks. Please follow us at My Book Heart on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on any new episodes.